Stand-Up Sit-Down, a comedy show that combines laughs with the lessons on the art of comedy with your favorite Boston comedian. Once a month, we invite three comics to perform, and then to join us for a sit-down discussion to answer the audience's questions on joke writing, the comedic process, and more. This is Christine Ahn, and I'm here to introduce a recording of the sit-down discussion from our first show in September. We had comedians Dan Bolger, Dana Carnes, and Kofi Thomas. The stand-up show was hosted by comedian Kwesi Mensa, with yours truly as the host for the sit-down portion. Our next show will be Tuesday, October 28th from 8 to 9.30 p.m. at EMW Bookstore, located on 934 Mass Ave, with comics Ken Reed, Rick Hanavan, and Phoebe Angle. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the discussion. Can you tell us a little bit about your process for writing writing your jokes? How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Dan. You can, just... you can hold the mic. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, Dave. What's up, bro? <laughs> uh, so what am I doing? You're talking about your process. My process. I go to the Burren in Somerville every week, <laughs> and I tell uh, jokes, usually a half, like kind of a half-fake idea into a microphone. It usually doesn't work, and then I come back the next week, and I uh, tell a different one. Oh, where do you get the ideas for your jokes that you tell at the Burren? Oh, I'm just straight spitting it. Okay. <laughs> 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 We are, we are black. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Oh, um, I don't know. I usually end up with random drunk uh, notes in my phone. Uh, I just saw one that said, vegan farts smell like the apocalypse. And I didn't know what it meant. And I just had it in there and, and then tried to go from there. But that's. Not funny, and I'm gonna. Here we go. Pass it. Okay, second oh, stretch. What does it really mean? <laughs> <laughs> In depth. <laughs> nah. Sorry if the microphone smells now. Here's what Kofi does. <laughs> what do I do? Kofi comes to four shows at the beginning of the year, and then he has sex for seven months. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, hey, what the fuck happened to Kofi? He'd been fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see him again, and he's great again. Yeah, You're one of those guys. You can dis you disappear for short amounts of time. Yeah, that is not untrue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed you've been fucking. <laughs> that's, that's not untrue as well. Uh, no, I, I think I'm his I, biographer. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's called Kofi through Dan's eyes. <laughs> you are complete. Yeah, no, I I think I'm, I might be a little bit different. I tend to jot things down. Uh, my phone, like on the run, uh, just things I see. I get, I get annoyed by a lot of people, a lot, and things I hear, and so I'll turn that into a joke. But I think my process, I guess if that's the word, is a little bit different. Because like Dan said, I don't uh, do the like I'll go on like a comedy binge, going like uh, sets, doing shows like every night of the week. But then I'll take time to. Just like go to see like music or galleries 
okay. poetry, uh, some good fucking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just like I I'm, I really appreciate like as an artist and like kind of like their mediums and how they express themselves and I kind of try to in some way get like not just like influence but I just like but I was but as like a fan like I go to other just like performers and that helps me I think with my comedy and how I express and think and kind of helps me like, push myself. Okay, great. So, okay. Can you give an example of that? Yeah, sure. Like, You're about to get caught in a lie. <laughs> 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 no, like right now, I, I've recently moved to uh, the town of Jamaica Plain, which is pretty cool for me. Uh, but yeah, but I've met like a lot of people now who are like, some kind of musicians who do like either noise, like just, just like very experimental shit and it's really outside of like their comfort zone, really any comfort zone. And so I've been trying really to not just do things that come easy or talk about things that aren't easy to talk about. Uh, so yeah, so comedy is more fun for me where I can like take some time off and kind of like just kind of think more about the world and come back into it. There's like the joke writing part, right? That you, I, or you, I guess, I don't know if you write your jokes. You said you kind of spit them down. Straight spit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I spend some time writing jokes, and that's like one component. But then I feel developing stage presence, and then the craft, like the actual performance aspect, is another side. Can you talk more about your what your process has been like with developing as a performer, and also kind of explain how long you've been doing comedy? Okay, uh, well I started in 2004, uh, from 2004 to 2008 I did a bad Mitch Hedberg impression, uh, from there I evolved into a bad Todd Barry impression, <laughs> then to a bad Norm Macdonald impression, <laughs> and um, I'm sort of just waiting for those guys to die. <laughs> went on stage more and more, and then it was hard to do Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> or one-liners specifically. It's very hard to do those if you start doing longer sets, because, you know, you have to tell, I think uh, in like 2006, I did the Boston Comic Festival, and to do five minutes, I did like 15 jokes, mm -hmm. so to do 45 minutes, so it's like... <laughs> nine, nine times fifteen. There's no way to really know that. <laughs> you get off stage, and like, if, you, if, if you're doing great, it's, you, you're doing good. But like, if you get off and you bomb, you're like, I just fucking went like over eighty. <laughs> so eighty jokes, and nobody laughed at one of them. So it was like really just damage control. Okay, like if, right. if, if you have a five minute bit, at least you can build some sure. momentum. Sure. So what, what kind of structure do you use now in terms of mixing up your one-liners with like longer things? Uh, How do you develop that? I just do a lot of shows okay. and uh, it's an oral art. An oral art. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you just, uh, if you forget it, it's probably not good enough for me. Okay. 
uh, when I first started, I was uh, like always like super nervous. You know, I was like looked down a lot and uh, just like talk super fast and run through my lines and do pretty badly. Things haven't changed a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but things are a little bit different now. But I think everybody has like their uh, their kind of style that kind of reflects like a little bit like who they are. You know, I'm I'm much more attuned to like, people's like body language now when they're on stage and just kind of like I mean like there's a group of strangers looking at you and without even saying a word they're going to be making some form of some kind of opinions and judgments and you know what have you. Like, notice when Dan Bolger, uh, my colleague to my left, stands up. Uh, he stands with one of his hands behind his back, almost like a gunslinger. His right hand, to be exact. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, just like I, I kind of didn't notice that for a while. I do have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a metaphor. I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were the first person I ever saw smile on stage. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, I was, I get, and that's one of the things, too. It's like, I was... Like, I was told by people who don't know about comedy, uh, but they're friends of mine. They were, like, they were like, oh, man, you can't, like, that's not going to work. Like, you can't be happy at all. Like, comedians are always sad and depressed. And this is, yeah, like, literally, like, legit, like, this is not going to work for you. Like, comedians are dark, and, like, you know, they complain a lot. And I was like, I don't think you know about comedy or who I am. And, like, even if I try to be, like, upset, like, all the time, like, I'll still get angry, I still have, like, legit, like, you know, rage and frustration. But also, you know, I also have had beef patties. Like, I remember the good things in life. You know, like, there's oxtail, there's... there's <laughs> you know, so I don't, uh... Sweet cat? Oh, yeah, we gotta go to the... I told you, we gotta go to the Jamaican store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, went to the, I went to the Jamaican store with you, but I forgot my all my diabetes. So I just, <laughs> you had like a delicious meal, and I just got like one piece of fish. You no, know, but he got like, he like the entire fish, though. It was like yeah. with the head, with the entire fish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think as a, as a performer, it's not even always. So I see people who are very kind of uh, clothed, but like. But that's just who they are. The crowd will like come to them, like, even if they're talking quietly or almost whispering. Uh, so it's just kind of finding out like who you are and how you wanna, you know, say what you wanna say. Yeah. Again, the dancing. Like, I mean, getting up over and over again, you kind of start to find that that uh, that comfort. Yeah, I think just building off of that, um, it seems like you're getting to this topic of authenticity, perhaps. Um, can you tell me more about what, what authenticity means to you on stage? Oh, uh, well, I do, like, the more you do it. <laughs> just the more you do it, the more you just find yourself talking like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we need a mic. Can you guys no. hear it without yeah. it? Yeah. Was that my phone? No. It was on. It was on. Is it was it off? No, it was super on. Was on. Was on. Oh, okay. I thought it was like the interpretation of a mic. <laughs> you'll see that when there's like a show where there's no mic, you'll still see comedians all like a cop and they'll just be talking into the cop. Yeah. Uh, authenticity. Uh, I don't know. I've, I mean, I've tried to tell jokes that aren't 
faith in truth, and it never works because I feel like I'm lying. Like, there's always some element of truth uh, to everything, and um, I guess that would be what I'm saying.
They are, they are. I feel it. I feel the vibes. Kofi forgets the question. I ramble like an asshole. No, no. Do you need the microphone back? Thank you. No, it's just because, like, it was because of the way that you tell people were seeing you. How do you think people see you, Kofi? Yeah, you tell us. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think of different things to different people. You're great to us. I see a man. <laughs> That's from Cool Runnings. <laughs> I was going to say Simba. His name wasn't Simba. What was his name in Cool Runnings? Sanka. Sanka, like the Sanka? coffee? Not coffee, but coffee? Like the decaf? He was either small beer or a small lion. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. This chick got weird real fast. <laughs> 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 it wasn't about coffee, though. He used to say, like, because my name's Kofi. He'd be like, oh, you want to call runners? Because it's something called. Now, that's racism. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, it was from black people. <laughs> so they can't be racist. Uh, I did forget the question. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, explain a joke. Yeah. yeah, how did you like explain a bit that you did tonight? How you developed it? Okay. Um, first, they're not they're not bits. They're pieces of me. Which piece? Oh. The good part. <laughs> the deep part. Yeah, what is it? Probably that cry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, you found it. <laughs> no, um, I'll talk about, I'll talk about the piece. Uh, oh, about growing up. And, uh, and like, when I asked the kids about whatever, I was choreographing something. I was always, I, I was, I still am baffled by uh, kids in the hood. Like, they are angry a lot of the time. Uh, want to fight a lot of the time, like I would get, uh, you know, picked on and shit in school. And I just, like, even, like, as a kid, I just was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I do not understand it. We're, we have a playground. There's no bills. I don't, like, like, their anger, even, like, even being, like, poor. I was like, I, like, I was like we're all poor, though. Like, so I'm still, like, trying to, I think, understand, like, I guess, like, the anger and hostility of, like, ghetto youth. What about grown-ups in general? How do you feel about grown-ups in general? About grown-ups in general? Yes. You mean adults? Yes, like, versus all ghetto adults? youth, yes. Well, adults, it's like, I mean, as an adult, like, you have so much more on your plate. Like, I That's mean, true. And you're talking about, like, if you're trying to feed a family and you have a hard day at work... And you live in the maybe like maybe you feel like you're a part of a society that you know has no place for you. You're not catching me. There's so many more things, uh, both internally and externally, that happen as an adult. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, there's supposed to be like this, like this innocence. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm still in in awe of that. And it's not like an international thing. It's like it's a it's a uniquely like American ghetto thing to be like. You know, like, you got to grow up tough, you know, don't let me, like, you know, just a lot of that, and I was never into that, never subscribed to it, so.
And did you always choreograph things by yourself, or did you? No, I got a little sister. Okay, I also choreographed the dance for to Destiny's Child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, racist. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So yeah, but yeah, like I remember, like we'd have like you know like just so much fun, and then I'd always be wondering like why these why some of these kids like not having fun like there's. Fucking fruit snacks, like there's so much good shit as a kid. Okay, so now we'll just open the panel of the audience in case people want to ask questions to our amazing uh, group of panelists up here. You can ask individually to the comedians or as a group. I'm going to butcher this, but I have heard Tosh Point, Tosh Point, I don't know his last name. Daniel Tosh? Daniel Tosh. <laughs> He said something like, I like to push jokes until, like, six, six levels or something, until there's, like, one person laughing. So it's like, he's speaking towards, like, something that, like, grows in an absurdity as it goes on. And, like, how often are you up there, <coughs> you don't have to answer, but how often are you up there and you're just like, I want to keep going to see if I can make just silence, you know? Or, like... You know, just like pushing. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's working, and you could like cut your losses and just like move on to something else. I'm a you cut know? your losses guy. You just like get out of there. Yeah, move on to something else. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll chime in. I have a joke that I will insert when I can, um, and it makes everyone really uncomfortable, but I continue to do it, and then I'll smile like an asshole because I think like, like it's okay, like it's a. I won't do the whole thing, but it's basically like, I don't have a dad, but I had a lot of dads growing up just for a few hours at a time. And like, everyone <laughs> like, and like, shuts a room down for whatever reason. I think it's funny. I think it's like, everyone celebrates in my childhood sadness, and it's cool, and like, we're on board, but then it just will like, and I still do it knowing that it like, will kill a room, not kill like, in a good way, but like, like oh, you're the fucking worst person in the world. Anyway, myself. Here we go. Uh, I mean, he's a little different. He kind of wants to push the that thing of like he'll apologize a lot, like, oh, I guess you guys went on board with that last joke. Uh, but there's a different thing I think of like some performers, call me otherwise, where uh, like you'll do just like what you want to do, and it's like if the crowd's with you, great. If they're not. I'm still gonna do what I want to do tonight. And then it's kind of like, which is that ends up being kind of cool. Sometimes the crowd will come back on board because you didn't like fault or give in to like what they wanted. And uh, yeah. I would, bet, I would bet when you get to his level, it's almost like a challenge. You know, like, because you, I would assume, I would assume that like you're like, all right, well, I can just do whatever I want. And then at some point, it's like, let's see how far I can get these people to like.
they don't have, I mean, there's different, I guess it becomes a different animal at that point. <laughs> uh, any other questions? Yes. Uh, this is kind of related to authenticity. Uh, for me, when I'm writing something, which is usually something that's personal to me, um, I always have this thought in my head that this is not going to be relatable to the people that I'm going to be speaking to. Um, and it's always tempting to fall back on, um, you know, like, what has been known to work. Um, so, in your in your own when you're writing your jokes, how do you um, how what is your own process for um, making it real to you? It is a different perspective from what is expected, but still, um, how how do you like filter that process in your when you're writing your jokes? Uh, if you think it's funny, you just say it. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, I know, I, I mean, like you, like you said, if you think it's funny, you will be able to make it funny because it was your experience. Like, I remember I saw you at the studio before, and you explained the thing um, with the item with Ken Reed, that, and it was like, I think it was an Indian tradition of, like, your grandmother's item. And, and I wasn't familiar with how it worked, but you took it to a place that, like, I understood it, and I was kind of like with you there with you there and like understood why it would be funny and why you had such a like fun experience with it so I think like yeah a very long version of what Dan just said is like if you think it's funny other people will think it's funny just because you did. So is there like a number of times that you can try and feel like I mean basically that's like something that I'm struggling with like um, I have this something related to Scotland um, and I'm thinking it's kind of related to like the ideal marriage because you know yeah I have something related to that but it's kind of hard to put these two different things into one um, and sometimes it feels like it, it maybe requires a lot of lead so when you're when you're writing that do you like try it and open minds uh, filter it in a particular way or do you just like say it the way it sounds in your head and hope that the audience gets it I wouldn't go by open mic audiences too much, too, because it's usually just comedians looking at their notebooks. Okay. Like, they're not open mic audiences, or sometimes worse than just sitting in your bathtub. You <laughs> <laughs> sitting in your bathtub? <laughs> yeah, no water, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds tragically poetic. Uh, also, you're very funny. <laughs> have a joke, I think it was cannabis, so if you have a joke, you like take a highlight, you write the whole joke out, take a highlighter and, and sort of highlight the very important parts of it so that you can condense it to such a tight format that like it, it will work. So I think the longer, I mean if you're a storyteller I guess it's kind of different, but the longer it is like the, the harder it is to get kind of a laugh from it. I don't know. Please tell me to stop talking. Stop talking! <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, just keep talking to yourself in your car and stuff, too. That's, that's a good way to condense it. Like, hold a phone to your head, though. <laughs> yeah. yourself in your car and stuff, too. That's, that's a good way to condense it. Like, hold a phone to your head, though.
Uh, how long will you stick with a joke that you think is hilarious, but like you can't get crowds to like consistently get on board with it? Uh, there's no, not too many times. Maybe three. Three's fair.
You know, so it's like if you're not having fun, then it's like you're gonna like go home and be miserable that you had like a bad time on stage. And it's like now that's like your whole life being miserable. So you try to have fun, and it's like then you can go out and like after that and like you know. And the chances of making money or being successful are like next to nothing. Yeah. You might as well be like a gold miner. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not having fun, then what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then why are you doing it? And I think people can sense it. Like if you're not if, if you're not having fun, I think people can kind of pick up on on that vibe. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Thank you right. so much. We another Thank round of applause. about our show's present, past, and future, as well as bonus content and more on our website at the susd.tumblr.com, where you can also submit questions for our future guests at our next show. Thanks for listening. This has been Stand Up, Sit Down, a show organized by comedians Kasi Mensa, Christine Ahn, and other friends. Bye.